uh, with a former coworker of mine. We were going back and forth on Twitter. I'm saying they're they're cooked. They're done. They're toast. They're down four. They're down four runs. They're done. They're not coming back from this. Their offense isn't good enough. And today, when I was preparing for the show a little bit, I was putting together some numbers and some stats and examples because I thought we were going to talk about how the Brewers' offense is bad. And I don't know why. And why is this hitter underperforming? And why is this guy not hitting for power and this, that, the other thing? But it's amazing the difference that one good game, one seven-run game against a contending team, the defending champs, in fact, It's amazing the difference that that can make. Now, the defending champs did not play their best player at all today. So maybe that factors into how we approach this game. Orlando Arcia did not get in at bat today. So maybe there's an asterisk next to this win. I don't know. Depends on how you you look at it. But a really exciting game. I forgot that they start with a runner on second in extras. I thought we were going away from that. I thought that was done. I I thought we were over that. Was this the Brewers' first extra inning game this year? Maybe they had an extra inning game against the Orioles really late at night a couple weeks ago. I'll admit, I'm sorry, I didn't watch. This was the first extra inning game, I think, that I've watched this year. I thought we went away from the runner on second. Thought we were getting rid of that. Well, the Brewers ended up winning, so I'm not going to be mad about it. Otherwise, I would talk about how some great injustice was done. And the Brewers go on to win on a Keston Hero walk-on. And sports are awesome, right? Keston Hero, you're talking about. Gasper and I talked about it last week. Where does he fit moving forward? Is he at the end of the rope? And then he's called up for Willie Adamas, who's injured. And after a pretty poor game and some shaky play at first base, he hits the walk-off home run, and he's the hero. Getting doused in Gatorade with Sophia Menard at the end of the game. Pretty darn cool. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful day. Show's going to be a little bit shorter tonight, but hey, that's fine. I'll admit, I was struggling to, I was struggling to figure out what we were going to talk about anyways. I have three topics that I'm really, really excited to hit. Some things to talk about with the Brewers. I feel like we should start there, especially the game we just watched or listened to, or maybe you were following at work and you were seeing the score updates on your phone. We just consumed, let's put it that way, a great Brewer game. There was a Brewer game last night. We could talk about that. I want to talk about the Brewers to start. Okay, that's that's objective number one. Bullet point one we got to hit today before six o'clock. Bullet point number two, objective number two, I want to talk a little bit about the NBA. I have a a five-minute rant about last night's game. So if you'll humor me for five minutes, I want to talk about that. I hope that you're like me. As a Bucs fan, you feel some weird connection to the Celtics because they're the team that eliminated our team, the Bucs. So I, I feel like we're bonded in some way, and I have some connection and some responsibility to pay attention to and, and feel some sort of way about the Celtics, like in Harry Potter. Right. Like in, we come to know later on in the series that when Voldemort kills Harry's parents, like part of his soul latched onto Harry's and they are one and they can't live without each other. I, I feel like when your team is eliminated by another team in the NBA playoffs and probably in the NFL playoffs, too, you are bound and connected to them in a certain way. And I do think when I watch the Celtics, I, I watch with a, a certain point of view, knowing that they just knocked out my team, especially the way they knocked out my team with Chris Middleton not playing and it going to seven games and being this great series, probably one of the best second round series we've seen in the last couple of years, certainly in recent memory. So I feel some weird connection to the Celtics and I have some words for the Celtics. And at some point before six o'clock tonight, I want to share that with you. I also have a big overarching question about the Packers. And I think it's a conversation that you're going to dig. I think it's something that you're going to want to participate in. And I will pose that question at some point, maybe like 5.30, bookmark that. Maybe we'll circle back to the Packers. I want to have time to breathe. I don't want to start the Packers conversation now and then be interrupted at, you know, 5 o'clock. So maybe we'll save Packers for 5.30. Those are the three things I want to get to today. I want to react to the Brewers game we just watched, talk a little bit about last night. I have five, six, seven minutes worth of words to say about the Celtics and the Heat game one last night, the Heat winning. Uh, And then we can talk about the Packers, I think, to wrap up the show. That's our to-do list for today. You can text and call if you'd like, 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. (laughs) Jeremy says, first extras game, F the runner at second. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's weird. It's the same advantage for both teams. Like, the Brewers and the Braves were trading runs and extras. I was just a little bit surprised because when we got to extras, it's almost like, okay, Brewers with two strikes in the bottom of the ninth. They were down to their last pitch, essentially. And they were able to tie it up. And you feel when that happens, when it's tied in the bottom of the ninth, you feel like you've bought some breathing room. And we got to the top of the 10th. I'm like, wait a minute. Why is there a runner at second? And it it feels like you're still sitting on a razor's edge, even though maybe it seems like once you get an extra innings, 
for the team that forced extras, you should feel like you have a little bit of breathing room, right? Not the case with the runner on second. Uh, apparently, this was the first extras game of the year. Okay, I'm sure they mentioned something on the broadcast. I was walking back and forth from the studio to, I don't know. I was just, I'm at work. I, I wasn't plopped in front of a TV the whole time. I was either watching or listening for most of the game. I'm sure they mentioned that it was the first extra innings game. And I just mentioned it. I think we need more day games. That's what I was thinking throughout this afternoon's game. I was watching, we have a TV in our lobby, and I watched maybe an inning or two or three uh, with a couple coworkers. And we were standing around, you know, wasting time. Bosses left at this point in the day. I hope he's not listening. Uh, we were we were watching a couple innings, and I'm saying, why don't we do this more often? Why is there only one day game Monday through Friday? Why don't we have two? Right? Why don't we have a day game on Wednesday, day game on Friday? Right? Little, uh, uh, let's say, a, we'll call it a, a five o'clock somewhere game. We can label it like a like a Jimmy Buffett game. Put it at three o'clock on a Friday, and it can line up with us leaving work early. That, that seems kind of natural, right? It's a, a Jimmy Buffett start time. I'm trademarking that right here, right now. By the way. Because if Major League Baseball ever does this, I'm going to claim that this is my idea. Maybe uh, an early an early Friday afternoon start or, hell, maybe a Monday game. I don't know. I just think we need more day baseball games. It shakes up the rhythm of things. Now I can go home tonight and watch basketball, right? I, I think with playoff basketball games or NFL games that are on a Monday or a Thursday night, there's a certain sense of urgency, right? I need to watch Monday Night Football because it's only on once a week. So if... You know, my kid has a piano recital. Maybe I'll watch Buccaneers Steelers instead. <laughs> Maybe don't do that. But you get my point, right? I can set aside all of my things after work on a Monday night to watch Monday Night Football. But Monday Night Football is only on on Monday night. With the Brewers, we got a night game Monday, Tuesday, sometimes Thursday, all of the time Friday. That's four weeknights a week that I got to set aside and do nothing after work to watch a slow-paced baseball game. Like last night and the night before when there were no runs scored. I don't want to clear my evening schedule to do that. Put one of those days during the game. And I know a lot of Cubs fans live in the state of Wisconsin because when the Brewers weren't here, right, you had to pick a team or the Cubs were on TV, right? The Brewers weren't always on TV. And I've heard from Cubs fans that are a little bit older than me or or much older than me, right? Before, especially Wrigley got lights, they would play so many games during the day. And that just sounds fun. Like, we've never been more equipped to take in day baseball games than ever before. You could lean a little iPad at your desk, pull it up in the corner of your, your work computer, put a little radio in your office and listen along. We need more day games. That's my takeaway from today because this was fun. And if this happened at night, I bet some of us would have gone to bed and missed it. Right? That's what I was thinking about today. Uh, let's get to a couple of texts here. One from Eric in Eau Claire. Absolutely not bound to the Celtics or the team that bounced you. Heat and six, baby. No, I'm not saying we're cheering for the Celtics. That's not what I mean. But I have some weird, <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> what the heck? I have some weird feeling that the, the Celtics are a continuation of my series. So I'm going to watch their series probably more closely than I would if it was two random teams that I had no connection to. I don't want the Heat to win. I don't want the Celtics to win either. There are pros and cons to both of these teams winning and losing. I don't like either one of them. Cody in Green Bay. Uh, I was ready to feed Keston to the Wolves again after an 0-4 start. I almost sent a tweet about Keston here today. Almost. I, I, I backspaced and then deleted it. I'm glad I did. Uh, he says, completely messing up the play at first base to allow the Braves to score the go-ahead run. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up, Cody. That's on Colton Wong. That was, that was a trash throw. That was a high throw. Keston here is not that tall. He's not a natural first baseman. Put it on his chest, Colton. And this leads us into another thing. Colton Wong's got to tighten it up at second base. Okay? We're not paying Colton Wong to be halfway decent at second base. We're not paying him to be Ricky Weeks. We're paying him to be Colton Wong, who's the best defensive second baseman in the league. And it's a little loose. A little loose to start the year. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Cody, your text continues. Just when I think he can't get any dumber, he goes up there and does something and totally redeems himself. Go Brew Crew. We finally got a series win against the Braves. Yeah, we did. Thank you for the text, Cody. Uh, Rainman Mike, last text, and then we got to take a break. Runner at second scores, and it's an unearned run. Can't wait for MLB to have the ghost runner ERA. New baseball rules are dumb and confusing. This is great. I think you're exactly right, Rain Mike. We need a new stat called ghost runner ERA, but we'll have to create some crazy acronym for it, like... G-R-E-R-A or E-R-A plus. Get a punctuation sign in there because that's always confusing. The analytics crowd will love that. Let's just create a new stat. It's another way to 
It's another way to quantify the game. I'm with you. Let's add the Ghost Runner and let's get a, an, a different type of ERA to complement the ERA that's already there. Again, I think the the letters ERA, but then add in some punctuation to make it as confusing as possible. Let's take a break. We'll talk more about the Brewers coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show following up the brewers walking off the atlanta braves man f the braves and screw jesse chavez too how is that guy seemingly on every team the brewers play every year like three months from now the brewers will be playing the diamondbacks and be the seventh inning and the brewers will be up three runs and i don't who's who's managing the d-backs tori lovello he'll go to the pen and who will come out it'll be jesse chavez and i'll be sitting at home like Leo DiCaprio in that meme where he starts pointing at the screen. I'll be like, what the hell? How the trade deadline's come and gone? How the hell is Jesse Chavez on the D-backs? But he will be. Just watch random baseball games. There's more than one Jesse Chavez. I swear to God. I'm not crazy. I'm right about this. You can, uh, if you want to talk Brewers with me, please give me a call. 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. A couple of texts here. Dave says, I'm okay with Hira. First game back. Hard hit every at bat, only one K, walk off home run. Yeah, if you just, man, if you just don't strike out, I know that's such a low bar for Keston here. Just don't strike out. Start putting the bat on the ball. I think that's how he's going to eventually get a foothold on things if he ever does. Right? What I don't like to see with Keston here, what we've seen in the past, is he gets up there and he's swinging through 92 mile an hour fastballs, like fastballs that he should not be swinging through. That's concerning. Today he was making contact. He had a pretty. Good pitch to hit, I thought, in the ninth off Kenley Jansen with a runner at second. But then again, rock on the broadcast. At this point, I was watching the TV broadcast on my laptop because I wasn't in studio. I was going back and forth between radio and TV. Rock said after that at bat, he basically said, that looks like a good pitch to hit, but it's really tough because it was, let's see, Keston here is a right-handed hitter. Would the cutter tail in or away? And what's the pitch that complements the cutter? The sinker complements the cutter, right? I never play baseball. I try to wrap my mind around this stuff, and I, I struggle. Uh, we're talking about Ghost Runner ERA. I think it should be an ERA with a, with a punctuation. Rain Man Mike says, why not an emoji? Oh, that'll be the day that the analytics people really start to freak out is when we have a statistical category that is touched up by an emoji. Like, weighted runs created plus. Lowercase w, uppercase r, uppercase c, plus sign. What, what are we doing? That doesn't even make any sense. If I have to look at the glossary at the bottom of the baseball reference page, we, we've we've created something unnatural. We're playing God at this point, creating a stat like that. I shouldn't need an appendix to go on baseball reference and understand what a pitcher is good at. And I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't need an appendix. I shouldn't need a, an insert with a key, like a cipher to figure out what some of these stats mean. Man, the Brewers offense up until today and... I don't know. Today it was painful at times, too. I don't know how this offense is going to fare when routinely matched up against good pitching, which is what Atlanta has, right? And remember Brewers fans last season, I told you, and I'm a part of, I, I weirdly identified everyone else's Brewers fans. I, I talked last summer, we're contenders now, okay? We have to think like contenders. We need to watch games like contenders. We need to judge outcomes and statistics like contenders, Right? We should care more about the series versus Atlanta than some series against the Cubs. They got a four-game set against the Cubs at the end of May. We should care more about this series versus Atlanta or the series that's coming up in two weeks against St. Louis. We should care more about these games, right? We're at the point as a baseball community, Brewers fans, where we can pick and choose the games we get out of bed for. We can pick and choose the games that we choose to break down and the games that we choose to actually put stock into. Right. If the Brewers play four against the Pirates, three against the Reds, and three against the Cubs all in a two-week span, and they score a pile of runs, and they win, what would that be, 9 plus 4, 13? If they win 11 out of 13, I'm not going to be jumping up and down on the show. That's probably a week we'll talk a lot about the Packers. Maybe play some fun sound bites about the Brewers, and oh, look at Willie Adamas. They put a bell in the dugout. That's funny. But there are going to be series this summer where we're strapping in, and where we're locking in, and we're looking for signs. Ooh, this is a good indicator. 
right? This is the type of team that the Brewers are going to see in the NLDS or the NLCS. And and this is the type of approach they're going to have to take. And then there's going to be weeks where, eh, you know, the Reds suck. And I don't really care that Mike Brasso is is going four for five with two doubles and a dong. You know what I mean? Some of these games are going to matter more than others. And that's cool. It's a blessing and a curse being a fan of a contending team. It's a blessing because you get to be a contender and you get to have World Series hopes. But it's a curse because guess what? Some some of these some of these games just aren't going to do it for us. And that's okay. Right? Once you've had the best, nothing else will compare. Right? Once you have a delicious cold can of PBR, you know, a watered-down Miller Lite just doesn't compare. Although I love Miller Lite. I love most beers, which is why that analogy was doomed from the start. <laughs> Maybe we'll hear a little bit from Craig Council towards the end of the show. Talk a little bit more about the Brewers when we come back after 5 o'clock. Remember, I want to get into... The Eastern Conference Finals for five or six minutes. I want to talk about the Packers as well. One update is Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon was at the ballpark today. He's just not ready to go. Council talked about him last night. This was a soundbite that our good friend Zach Heilprin sent us. We got to get Zach on the show. It's been With this long. Wisconsin Sports yeah. Zone Network update, I'm Zach Heilprin. Zach and I are going to England this fall as well, or London more specifically, to cover the Packers game. Uh, we haven't got the tickets yet or, or the financing, but we're well on our way. Council said last night... McCutcheon wasn't going to be activated for today, but we don't really know moving forward. He just needs more. I think he needs more baseball. And with the off day, it gets him just two more days to to get him ready to go for the weekend. I think this weekend, the series against, who do they play this weekend? Padres? Why do I not know this off the top of my head? They're off tomorrow, and then they start a three-day set with, oh, the Nationals. That's right. Nationals, and then they're out west next week. They go late night next week. So they have the Nationals this weekend. That'll be a good series for Andrew McCutcheon to come back. I weirdly forgot about him the last couple of days. I think, I hope, he brings a nice calming presence to this team. Two weeks ago, we theorized that maybe Andrew McCutcheon was brought in to be a good hitter, yes, but also maybe a little bit of a guiding presence and a mentor to Christian Yelich. McCutcheon won an MVP really early on in his career, and he's managed to stay a viable, productive, really good player late into his career. That's what Christian Yelich is now trying to do. Now, Yelich is a lot younger than McCutcheon, but McCutcheon could probably give him some advice and say like, hey, I won an MVP early and I never lived up to it. That's a tough thing, right? I think two weeks ago when we talked about this, I used the analogy of uh, a musician or performer, right? Who puts out an album and they blow up at age 18 or 19 and they go platinum and they have a super successful album. And then they're always trying to live up to that. and They never can. That doesn't mean they can't put out more good music doesn't mean that they can't still have a great career, but they're probably not going to live up to that first album. That's a tough spot to be in. And Christian Yelich won an MVP his first year with the Brewers. So maybe he needs to find himself a little bit. And maybe, maybe, just maybe Andrew McCutcheon can help a little bit with that. I hope he's recovering from COVID. He says he was feeling beat up, right? Body aches. It just takes a while to get over it, especially when you're quarantined and you're trying to get through the sickness. You can't work out. And I think some of these professional athletes, they're so used to working out at a high level every day. You remove that for two days, three days. That actually makes a really big difference. Whereas if I don't go to the gym for three days, um, I don't I don't know that it matters. <laughs> I don't know that it matters at all. Not one bit. But I'm not Andrew McCutcheon. Let's take a break. Talk more about the Brewers. I want to get into the conference finals. Talk about the Packers all before 6 o'clock. A lot more of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. I didn't have time to make a new intro. Show started right after today's Brewer game was over. I was celebrating. I was running laps around the building, obviously. That was from the other night. Josh Hader locking down the first game of the series. one nothing. Pitcher's duel. Last night, Brewers lost 4 nothing. But one of those runs was one of those runs was unearned. It was on an error. Ozuna had a two-run homer. I think last night was 3-0, right? It wasn't even 4-0. It was 3-0. So last night, total pitcher's duel. Today was a pitcher's duel until it wasn't. The Brewers ended up winning an extra inning 7-6 off a Keston Hero walk-off. 
of all people to hit a walk-off homer today. Of course it was Keston here. Because sports are cool like that sometimes. Willie Adamas goes down. I thought maybe they'd call up Bryce Terang. He's the next shortstop in the mix. I even DM'd David Gasper, who's more in the loop with prospects than any human being on earth that I know. I DM'd him this morning. I said, was Bryce Terang not in the mix? No, it's just a short injury, so they're going to go with Keston. And it paid off for him. What do you know? Hit a walk-off homer having a ch- after having a chance to have a hit to take the lead, having a hit to tie it. He had opportunities all game long. And it's just coming up short. Finally came through in the top of the 11th, 10th. He was the 11th, right? How many? Yeah, 111. I was going to say, how many innings does this game go? This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an excellent night. I want to talk a little NBA before 6 o'clock. We're going to get into the Packers as well. But as of right now, we're talking about the Brewers. And if you'd like to join me to do that, you can. 608-796-2558. You can give me a tweet at Wisco Grant. If you're on Twitter as well, let's go to the phones. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. This is Jake and Madison. Jake and Madison. What's going on, Jake and Madison? Not too much. Just actually just got done uh, at the game. But, uh, hey, man, I got some questions. I got uh, $10,000 of credit card debt. And I'm looking to buy a house. Is there any way you can give me financial advice? Uh, oh, Jacob, it seems like you've gotten yourself in a in a little bit of a conundrum here, but that's fine. It's just common sense, really. Now, first, we're gonna we're gonna talk about debt consolidation. Okay, I actually don't I don't know what the advice would be. I can give my Dave Ramsey book. It's at home in my bedroom. I'll bring it tomorrow. Oh man, man, I was I was laughing so hard yesterday. You were doing that. That was good stuff. I'm glad there was um, at least one person out there, by the way, that got that bit. I'm glad that you understood it because there were probably a lot of confused people. But that's okay. Hey, hey, I was uh, just calling in. It was nice to see Christian Yelich uh, knock some balls around a day. That was uh, it, it was good to see. It's like just you know striking out. And I know he's since the cycle. They were giving him a hard time this morning. You know for not getting any hits and he had a pretty clutch one there late in the game but um what do you what do you think is he is he coming coming through is he is he performing better i don't know so ben kenny today ben kenny woke up today and i think he was in a bad mood ben produces bill's show you hear him on kenny and heilprin too and he started tweeting the stats since christian yelich hit the cycle and tweeted a video about it and it's not great I man, I don't know. I don't want to make a call on Yelich because I see as soon as we make a definitive statement about whether he's back or good, then he goes in the tank. Or as soon as we cast him off, then he does something great. I, I don't know. Yelich is a tough one. Yeah, man. Uh, it it just I don't know. I I like to pull for the guy, so I I hope he I hope he gets going uh, again and and finds his way. Uh, but I don't know. It's nice to see him making good contact. Um. Uh, let's see, not not too much else. I know yesterday you were talking about the Bucks and you want to get into the Bucks, and I hate to I hate to make you mad again, but like from my point of view, it didn't it didn't even look like we belonged in Game Seven. You know, like uh, Game Three, Game Five, we got lucky. You know, um, just just tough. Uh, I don't know. I felt fortunate just to be in the Game Seven. Yeah, I also felt, man. I don't know. It was. It was frustrating because Game 7, Grant Williams is raining all these threes, and Peyton Pritchard got hot the one time in the whole series. And then I watched the Heat game last night, and Grant Williams is making a fool of himself in every aspect of that game. He's falling over, and he's not getting calls. He's bricking every shot he takes. He's getting trucked by Bam Adebayo. And I'm like, man, why couldn't this have happened on Sunday? Because the Bucks might have won, but I'm with you. I both felt like Game 7 was winnable, and the series was winnable. But by the end of Sunday, I also felt like that series got to 7, and I don't really know how to deal with that I, I think it's just the absence of chris middleton and i think that's the way we explain a lot of the things that happened in that series yeah losing him was huge that was uh that was a big thing well um thank you for the financial advice i'll be sure not to buy the house and pay off my debt um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my have a great day. all right you too jake that's jacob in madison yep it's funny thank you for the call This is the Dave Ramsey Show. Your path to financial freedom starts here. Helping folks like Jacob consolidate their debt. Go through the baby steps one by one. Become one step closer to financial peace. And once you reach financial peace, you'll realize that the sun shines a little brighter. And the way your wife talks to you is just a little sweeter. And the food you eat tastes 
a little bit better, but it starts with you. We have to live different and live like nobody else and spend like nobody else so one day we can retire like no one else. Give me a call, taking your questions and handling financial advice. The number 608-796-2558. Uh, uh, Trempolo Chris, let's talk to Chris. He texts in and says, not sure if you've mentioned it yet, but Wong seems to be making a lot of errors lately. Is there something wrong with him? Is it the case of the Yips or I'm overreacting? No, it's funny you bring that up, Trempolo Chris, because I, I've i noticed it here and there the last couple of weeks, and I just haven't really said anything because even the best players in the league at, at respective things every once in a while you know, have a rough couple of weeks. But today, that throw in extra innings, like, come on, Colton. You are the best second baseman in the league. You got to tighten it up a little bit at second base. And hopefully in a month from now, we're not worried about this at all. And it's not a thing. And it's not something we're talking about. But here's the thing. If the Brewers are going to win with pitching and run prevention, the run prevention is going to have to be a little bit better than it's been. The defense is going to have to be a little bit better than it's been. Right? And Colton Wong's a huge anchor point. Right? Like if the Packers are going to win with, I don't know, ball can you, like, oh, let's think of it this way. The Packers the last couple of years have basically won games by getting out to a lead and not turning the ball over, right? That's their recipe. If they start turning the ball over, even just a little bit here and there, that comes crashing down pretty quick. If the Brewers want to win through run prevention, a big anchor of their defense is Colton Wong. He covers up for a lot of other weaknesses. And if Colton Wong starts going down the tubes, then there can be a lot of ripple effects that I don't know if we can even begin to understand and fathom, right? The same way that if Aaron Rodgers started throwing an interception or two a game, oh my God, do you know how Packers fans would react? Do you know how different the product would look? How many different effects that would have? I think Colton Wong's defense is a lot of the same. Got to tighten it up over there. Let's let's talk to Hector in Alaska. Hector, what's going on? How's it going, man? Uh, a, lot, a lot better than it should be for myself. What can I do for you? Um, so step number one for the previous caller is make sure you have a thousand dollars in an emergency fund. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. My, my parents, when I, uh, my parents are real estate moguls, um, and they actually just, uh, sold their real estate business to a bigger company. So now they're rich and too good to talk to me, I guess. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, but they made me, they, I don't know if you've ever read it, but. Uh, went for a punishment when I was younger, they would make me read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Um, and so it, it was just, it all, you, your little clip of uh, Dave Ramsey just brought everything back flooding into my head. But mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to um, like kind of say something yeah. about the, NBA, I know you're trying, you're upset about it, so we're not talking about it much today, but um, I, last night was crazy to watch, but of course the Celtics were out uh, two of their players. Um, I think they'll still be fine going into the series, but when it comes to the Bucks, I watched some more of the um, like game reviews and stuff and I like to find different like smaller people on YouTube that don't have a lot of followers because that's where you get like the good stuff because yeah. you know not all, they're new to it or not not a lot of people follow them that kind of stuff and one of them was talking about how after looking over stuff they think Brooke Lopez would have been the deciding factor in the series mm-hmm. and the fact that they went smaller and went with Bobby did work out, but the Celtics didn't have anybody that could match up with Giannis and Lopez at the same time. So I was looking back at some stuff and I do agree with that fact um, that them going small to match the tempo, I guess it makes sense and adjustments are stupid, but I think with Brook and Giannis, Against the Celtics, because of the size mismatch, I think they definitely could have won the series if that was their, if that was their philosophy. But well, they're always next year, of course. Yeah. And- yeah. Can I can I add something onto that, Hector? And then we can talk about next year. I don't I don't want to cut you off. The one thing about going small, I think Giannis at center is fantastic, and we saw how successful that lineup was in the playoffs last year, especially against the Suns. The problem is when that small lineup doesn't feature Chris Middleton and it features Pat instead. 
there's a lot less offense there. So you miss Brooke Lopez. You want Brooke Lopez's offense on the floor, but you don't necessarily want his size. But when Chris Middleton can't be a part of that small ball lineup, the offense has to come from somewhere. So as much as you want to go small, you need Brooke scoring. So Brooke had to be out there. And that was a tough balance that I think Coach Bud struggled to find. Also, I don't know if Bobby was the guy for this series. That doesn't mean that he should have never played. I don't think you should ever shut down one of your best players for an entire series. I don't think that's how it should work. But Brooke was definitely the better matchup. The problem is when they wanted to go small, Chris Middleton wasn't out there. And Brooke was probably their third best offensive player behind Giannis and Drew. So when they went small, I think they really missed Brooke. I agree with what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I I don't know how much more I'll watch of the NBA playoffs just because my brother is a Heat fan, but yeah. he's like a bandwagon fan well, they all, that they started all. when they all. That's yeah, when LeBron was. So, and plus, he's my brother's adopted, so I don't really, you know, <laughs> sorry for him, but he, <laughs> I say that I say Boston in six and my big idea is uh, Mavericks in five. Yeah, I okay. I love the Mavs, Hector, and I appreciate the call. Have an awesome night, man. I'm all over the Mavs. N- not saying that they're more likely to win the title. I may have uh, I may have contacted a friend who lives in a gambling state and uh, maybe thrown a little scratch on the Mavs. I need a little life in these conference finals. I need something to I need something to intrigue me. Um, well, I don't, but I, I want a little scratch. I, I think the odds it, yesterday was plus six fifty on Fanduel. It moved to six. Uh, I checked DraftKings today. It was at 550. So the Mavs' odds are, are getting better and better. Um, not if you, not if you're wanting them for value. They're they're getting better, but they're getting worse uh, for financial reasons. Uh, if you, if you're betting them, I just think Mavs plus 650 compared to Heat and Celtics, who are at around plus 200, plus 300 territory. The Warriors are like plus 150 the other day. The teams are not that far apart. I, I don't think so. And I think that will be bared out. I'm really interested to see how game one goes tonight. And if Luka can carry some of that swagger and some of that pop, he, he was playing in a way where it seemed like no one could touch him in the in the Phoenix series, especially following game two. And part of that stemmed from the defense, but Luka, I mean, made it happen too. I'm interested to see if he can carry that into a series. Into Golden State, that crowd is nuts. Let's talk to Ed in Madison. Ed, what's going on? Hey, Grant. Hey, um, a big Brewer game win today. I was almost shocked that they came back. I didn't get to hear the ending, unfortunately, because I had to go into a meeting. But I wanted to ask you two key questions. I love what the Packers are doing right now. I'm so glad they signed Jair because everybody was kind of, the sky was falling that he wasn't signed right away. Yeah. And I think it was, um, I think you kind of made the comment a while back that it's not, it's not a rush. It's just it wasn't time. Everybody got to chill out or yeah. say what relax, do the relax thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to ask you a question about the Bucks. Yes, yes. How do you think they're going to look next year? Because you know, there's a lot of people, guys that might not come back or don't want to come back. I kind of think Bobby Portis was sort of he was a conundrum in the playoffs in some levels, and he even said he 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 shot rather terrible. Um, and Brooke Lopez. Now, I thought Brooke Lopez was already signed to a longer contract. Am I correct on that? So, Brooke Lopez is under contract, but he's an expiring, I think. And I'm going to look this up as we talk here. I believe his next year under contract is, this next year is his last year under contract. So, he has value, even as a 34-year-old center, he has value as an expiring contract to a team that's looking to free up money. So, Brooke Lopez especially, and how much money does he have on the books next year? $13 million. I love Brooke Lopez. His guaranteed, okay, so it's all 13. His cash value and his base salary is 13 million next year. Uh-huh. I love Brooke Lopez, but if they're looking to tweak the roster, Brooke Lopez is probably their best trade chip because there's $13 million of salary to match in any deal. And he's an expiring deal, which gives the team a little bit of flexibility moving forward. I'm not saying they should trade Brooke, but at some point they're going to need to move this roster surrounding Giannis into the next version of whatever it is. And I don't think yeah. Brooke Lopez at age 34 is maybe going to be a part of that. So maybe you part with them a year sooner than you'd want to rather than a year later. Does I, that make sense? I only have one. I have one negative. Sorry to cut, cut in. No, you're all good. Um, about the roster this year. Dicenzo leaving the Bucks. I really think he could have been a huge asset in the playoffs um, when um, Middleton went down. I know we're doing, you know, you know, like we're Monday morning quarterbacking yeah. decisions that were made. 
but I really liked him. I thought he was really athletic. I thought he played with a lot of defense, and he can score, and he's a slash and burner. And I really was down when they let him go. And it just showed they really were lacking that creative mix when Middleton went out because it became the wall of shame for Giannis because he'd go into the wall and then turnovers were just floating all over the place. So, you know, I hope they can kind of keep some of the core back. Obviously, you're going to have Giannis. You're going to have Drew. You're going to have um, – I want Bobby Portis back. Yeah. If anybody, they need they need him before – he's kind of the heart and soul when it comes to that team sometimes when Giannis is not out there doing his thing. I wonder what, what the you, I wonder uh, what the the thing moving forward with Bobby. He was asked after the game the other night. He's like, "Yeah, I love being in Milwaukee, but it's going to be up to them to you know make it happen." I I think Bobby might be looking to get a nice long term deal. He passed up the opportunity to maybe do so last off season. Although I'd like to think that if I don't know some team with cap space, maybe that maybe the Knicks came calling last off season and offered him you know a pile over four or five years. I, I don't really see why he would have turned that down. So maybe the deal he was looking for wasn't out there last year. I don't know, man. I love Bobby Portis. I love him. Uh, and he helped the Bucks win a title, and you're forever grateful for that. It's the same with P.J. Tucker. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, Ed. I'm going to be honest. Well, I'm going to tell you, change is always hard. And I know to go to the next level, they're going to have to shake up the team. It's very obvious because you can't just be relying on three guys. You need a core of players. Look what Boston did to us. They had guys coming off that bench that were just manhandling some of our players, and they they had the right de- they had the right defense and the right mindset. I, I knew it wasn't going to be our year this year. I just had that gut feeling. We had our our day in the sun last year. The chips fell perfectly, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. Um, if us come back next year, be stronger and smarter. And um, I'm going my my pick for the. The finals is going to be um, Miami mm-hmm. and Dallas. Yes, that's my that's my that's who I want to see. I want something fresh and new. And I think we're going to get. I think we'll get it either way. Of course, yeah. Boston, but I'm not rooting for Boston. Sorry, can't do it. Won't do it. Yeah, um, I can't do it I, I'm a little bit of Wisconsin. You know, I'm not. We got a little bit of Wisconsin flavor in the in the series right now, and I'm I'm not a huge fan of. Oh, the guy from Miami that left <laughs> kind of burned Wisconsin. But you know what? He's still a Wisconsin Knight, so you kind of kind of have to root for him one way or the other. That's my take. All right, Ed. Well, take I appreciate- care, yeah, take care. Have a good night. That's Ed and Madison. Take care, friend. Uh, I agree. So you have more loyalty to Tyler Hero than Hector does to his adopted brother, which I find hilarious. Hector's like, yeah, my brother's a Heat fan, but he's also adopted, so who cares? <laughs> That was awesome. Let's take a break. I want to talk more about the conference finals coming up, and then we'll get into the Packers. All that coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, Ed in Madison chatted with Ed on the previous side of that break. He said, Ed, just wasn't our year this year. You know what's funny? And maybe I should bring this up to Eric Eager. He's going to be on the show on Friday because he was the first one who said this on this show. And this was months ago. We were talking right after the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl wrapped up. He said, when a team wins a Super Bowl, it normally wins another team's Super Bowl, right? I don't think the Bengals and the Rams were the best team in the NFL this year, right? And I don't think the Celtics... And the Heat and the Mavs and the Warriors are the best teams in the NBA. I think the Bucks are the best team in the East, right? It was their year to win it this year, and something went wrong. Last year, I think the Nets were maybe better, right? The Sixers were the one seed, weren't they? I don't remember what the seeding looked out to be. But last year, I don't think it was the Bucks' year to win the title, and they did. This year, I think it was the Bucks' year to win the title, and somebody else got it. Because normally when a team wins a title... They win another team's title. It's a lot easier to sneak up on a title and win it than it is to go wire to wire, beginning to regular season, all the way to the finals, and to close it out as as basically, you know, the the favorites the whole time. Just look at the Suns, right? And we've learned that with the Packers. The pack it's never the Packers year to win the Super Bowl, right? Like they're just a bad example for anything because they don't win in the playoffs. But I, I also got a text here before we get into I want to talk a little bit about the Celtics and the Heat. I got a text from Dan and Broadhead. 
says, everybody says we miss Middleton. Maybe they should be saying we miss P.J. Tucker. He could have definitely helped against Boston. He looked pretty good last night. P.J. Tucker would have helped against Boston. Absolutely. I don't know that it would have been enough. And something that I mentioned yesterday, and I'm going to keep bringing up again and again because it's really important. The Bucks issue wasn't defense. They had the Celtics to more than 10 points fewer their season average. So the Celtics in the regular season were about 118 points per 100 possessions, which was top five. It was top five offense in the league, especially after uh, January 1st when they really started to play well. They were holding him to about 104, 104 to 108 per 100 possessions. So they were holding the Celtics way below their season average in scoring. They just couldn't put up the points. They missed Chris Middleton. I found this clip on Twitter over the break, came up on my timeline, of Chris Middleton against the Hawks in game three. So it would have been the first game in Atlanta where he had 38 points, but he scored 20 in the fourth quarter. There were a couple of moments in the series where we watched Jalen Brown get hot and score 14, 15, 16 points in a quarter out of nowhere. That's Chris Middleton, right? That's Chris Chris Middleton could be having a bummy game, and then all of a sudden he goes off for 20 and a quarter. That's what they missed in this series. P.J. Tucker would have given them the ability to play small, and be really good defensively. Like, if they want to play small with Giannis, Drew, oh, oh, geez. Without Chris, it really starts to get bleak. Giannis, Drew, Pat, P.J. Tucker, Bobby Portis, right? If they wanted to do that, P.J. Tucker gives them a little bit better defense than Grayson Allen does or George Hill, right? Now, it doesn't give them much on offense. Maybe some extra offensive rebounds, maybe a corner three here and there. But it doesn't give them a random 20-point corner like Chris Middleton could. They could have used P.J. Tucker, but I don't think he was would have been the difference in the series. And I don't think not having P.J. Tucker prohibited them from uh, beating the Celtics. I don't think that's how it went. Of course, P.J. Tucker would have been helpful. But for the amount of money that the Heat are paying him, and I go all the way back to when that deal was first done, I'm like, hey, I, I like P.J. Tucker. I'm not paying that much for P.J. Tucker. Let's talk to Tom and Eau Claire. Tom, what's going on? Okay, it's time for you now to make the formal apology to Bucks Nation. Okay. It's your fault. Okay. What did I do? Because do you remember, um, I love you dearly, but oh, about two months ago, you went on about a half an hour stint about how Chris Middleton never gets hurt. He's I always out this. there every game. I do remember this. Yep. Yes. And you did it. I, you I, did I, I, But I wasn't wrong. Like, maybe I shouldn't have said it, but when you're talking about Chris Middleton and his value, that's something you got to bring up. Chris Middleton never gets hurt. I mean, compare him to... Jalen Brown, who's always banged up, or Trey Young, who's always banged up, or some of these other stars, whether there are one or two in the East, the value to Chris Middleton is that he's always available. And maybe that's boring. Maybe his value is switchability, shot making, and he's always healthy. And that's not flashy. That's not 40 foot threes like Trey Young. And that's not big, crazy dunks like Jalen Brown can give you. But yeah, I remember that. Maybe I shouldn't have brought it up, but I mean, it was the correct point yeah, at the that, time. Maybe I jinxed it. That, that it was it was correct, but it, it, it jinxed the whole thing. So, can you just make a, a promise to us now that you won't say anything about uh, Corbin Burns? Yeah, Please? baseball. I don't know. Baseball is a little different. I agree. I, how about this? I won't. I will do to the best of my ability not to say anything that will jinx uh, anybody from injury. What does that sound? Cool. I can deal with that. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Is that all, Tom, or do you have anything else to add? That's it. No, that was it. That was it. Thanks. <laughs> all right, Tom. Have a good night. That's Tom and Eau Claire. Um, let's talk for just a couple minutes here about the Eastern Conference Finals. I got something I want to get off my chest because I got a little frustrated watching this game last night. Celtics get off to a big lead, playing really well, and then the Heat come back and have a, a nasty third quarter and, and win the game. I just, I, I want to get this out here after game one, and if you'll allow me, <clears throat> this is a little dusty in the studio or something today. For five minutes, I just want to give a message to the Celtics, who are the team that beat the Bucks. This is something I was thinking about last night. Celtics, all right? I despise you. I don't enjoy your fans. I've never been to your city. Not really interested. Don't think I'd have a good time. Uh, I don't like the brand of basketball that you play. I don't like how you behave in pressers. I really like nothing about the Boston Celtics. But seeing you eliminated my team, I owe you a certain amount of respect. And because I respect you, what happened to you last night pained me. Can you get it together? You're not, Celtics, you're not really going to blow this, are you? You're not really going to lose to the Heat? You're going to lose this series? I know they're on the road. Miami was rested. Marcus Smart wasn't playing. Al Horford's got COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got it. Okay. But we saw in the first and second quarter how much better Boston is than Miami. They're bigger. They're stronger. They won the first quarter by three points. The second quarter by five. They're looking tough. 
they can kind of do what they want now that they don't have to face Giannis and Brooke and Drew defensively. kind of seemed freeing. And then in the third quarter, they fall apart. It's the worst third quarter they've had since 2017. And you might think, well, Miami shot the lights out and Boston couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. Not really the case. Now, Boston did go cold. 10 of 15 shooting, 0 of 7 on threes. But they hit 10 free throws. That's 10 freebie points. You can never count on free throws unless you're normally the Celtics. The Celtics typically get calls. Okay, here I am uh, complaining about refs. We said we weren't going to do that. Miami in the quarter, you think, well, Miami got white hot. Eh. 11 to 22 from the field, 3 of 9 on threes, 14 to 17 from the free throw line. First of all, way too many free throws. Can we calm it the hell down? The problem was Celtics had eight turnovers in the third quarter and six from Jason Tatum. The Heat had four total in the quarter. So Jason Tatum had more turnovers than Miami did in the entire third quarter. Celtics fans would say, and basketball fans would say, if you look at the box score, Miami got hot for one quarter, and that was the difference in last night's game. No, 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 no. 11 of 22 isn't hot. Three of nine from three certainly isn't hot, although I'd kill for the Bucs to shoot three of nine in every quarter in the playoffs because they'd never lose a playoff game again. Miami slowed things down. They got to the free throw line, and Boston cracked. That's what happened. Tatum and company got freaked out by a little ball pressure, and it cost them the game. They got so freaked out, and they melted down to such a degree, even if it was only for 12 minutes, that it cost them a game one that they should have won, even without Marcus Smart and Al Horford. And I think, I think Time Lord Robert Williams might still be a little bit limited, right? And this upsets me. It upsets me that the Celtics had an amazing chance to win last night's game, and they let it slip. Okay, this upsets me. I'm not a Boston fan, but I'm certainly not a Miami Heat fan. It upsets me because Boston gets dealt this amazing hand in the second round. Chris Middleton goes down. Chris Middleton owns the Celtics' ass, owns them, maybe to a degree greater than any other team in the NBA other than maybe Atlanta, but he's done it to Boston for longer, and he's done it all the way back to when they met up in the the playoffs in 2017. He just owns the Celtics, okay? Boston wasn't winning that series with a healthy Chris Middleton, and I accept that. That's how sports work. But, hey, Boston, if you're going to get dealt a great hand like this, oh, my God, if you waste it and you lose to Jimmy Butler in the heat, I'm going to be so pissed. Well, actually, I'll sleep fine at night, but I'll be pissed for you, okay? This situation last night made me think of a scene from Better Call Saul, which is the best show on TV right now, um, and I'm I reminded of a scene from season four. Okay, and I don't want to spoil anything for you. If you're just starting the show, just turn off the radio for the next four minutes. Come back. We're talking Packers in a few minutes, okay? But there's a scene in season four, not that anything that crazy happens, where Jimmy goes to talk to Howard. Howard's in charge of the big fancy law firm that's got all the money and all the power, and the law firm employed Jimmy's brother. Jimmy hates his brother, so Jimmy goes into the law firm to pick up a check, right? Jimmy's the little lawyer before he turns into Saul Goodman, so Jimmy McGill is Saul Goodman. He goes into the office, and he can't believe what he sees. He looks around, and he's, where's everybody, right? Where's all the clients? Where's all the paralegals? There's, there's no activity in here. What the hell's going on? It looks like a ghost town. So he goes into Howard's office and is like, Howard, what the hell is going on? Why is everything falling apart here? So I have 35 seconds from the scene I want to play you. For his reputation is... Not what it was. Okay, so a little more context. The beginning of the scene, the voice you hear is Howard, and he's saying, honestly, we're not doing well. Firm's reputation is not in a good spot. Firm's reputation is not what it was. So what's the plan? The consultants call it right-sizing. No, I mean, what's the plan to get HHM back on its feet? No answer. Are you kidding me? I just refer to client to you guys. You're welcome, by the way. And you're telling me this place is falling apart? Get your together, Howard. Excuse me? Oh, please. You suffer one little setback and you're going to let your entire legacy go? This is how I feel about the Celtics. It's like, wait, wait a minute. I just refer to client to you guys. Chris Middleton had to get hurt and the basketball universe had to line up so you could get to the conference finals. And you're going to lose to Jimmy Butler and Gabe Vincent? And I know Jimmy Butler's a psycho. And he's a good player. I mean, he can't really shoot threes, and there's a lot of stuff he can't really do well, but he finds a way to get 45 and 5 every night, so I respect him, okay? But he's no Giannis, and he's not Kevin Durant, and I swear to God, if the Celtics get, like, handed, handed this beautiful path to the finals and a winnable series against Luka Doncic and the Mavs or a winnable series against the the Warriors, and they can't get past the Heat, get get it together, okay, Boston? This is my message to you today. Just figure it out. Okay, because my guy, Chris Middleton, had to go down 
for the basketball universe to give your team a chance, and that's how the basketball universe works. If you piss this away by losing to the Heat, who are not that good, I'm going to be so pissed. And I'm not even a Celtics fan. This is so messed up, this whole situation. But I'm going to be pissed if the Celtics blow this because my team had to die to make this happen, okay? I'm not against the basketball universe lining up for somebody else's team for a change after my team got some good breaks last year. But Jesus, don't waste it, Celtics, okay? Because Jason Tatum has a chance to make it the offseason of Jason Tatum. It's his league. It's his conference. He's the guy that GMs want to build around. And if you lose to Jimmy, lose to Jimmy Butler, you're going to lose to Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero. This is a joke. Get it together. Figure it out, okay? Let's talk Packers coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show i want to get into the packers here in a couple minutes i was just scrolling twitter over the break and uh the nba on tnt twitter account put out a post and it's charles barkley's nba mount rushmore and there's six guys on it (laughs) because of course does charles barkley know there's only four faces on mount rushmore or does he just not care i find either possibility equally as uh, likely. Probably a little bit of pull. 608-796-2558 is the number to call or text if you want to join the show. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. How's it going, man? This is Nick. Nick, what's going on? Why didn't I recognize you, Nick? I'm sorry about that. I only call like once every six months. Ah, I got to be better, though. I got to be better, though, still. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. And actually, I'm, I'm, I think I'm at fault here. Because I'm not sure if you can answer this on the air, but I've been looking and I cannot figure it out. I like listening to Over the Line mm-hmm. in the mornings out of Madison, but what's going on with Dave? How come he's not doing the morning show anymore? So, Dave, I think it was, how was it, about two, two and a half weeks ago, two, three weeks ago now? Uh, I don't know. He just decided he wants to do something else. Didn't want to do morning radio anymore, which, I mean, getting up at 3 a.m., I don't necessarily blame him. He wanted to try to do something else, so he's moving on and... We miss him, certainly. We wish him the best. Yeah, but uh, that was nothing that dramatic or crazy. Just looking to do something else. Okay, I feel you. I just, I missed it. And I couldn't, you know, I, I did a little soft perusing on Twitter and whatnot. Yeah. Just couldn't figure it out. So I appreciate the answer. I feel like I should fabricate Honestly, a story like the both of us got in a fist fight or something and he threw me through a window and it, and then we went to our boss and it was like <laughs> him or me and Dave is way bigger and makes way more money. So they chose me because I'm cheaper and they know I'll work for nothing. So maybe I should make up a story like that. That'd probably be more interesting. Yeah, just put it on Twitter or a Facebook account. They, they post everything <laughs> these days. Yeah, that's right. They, they, quote, they put quotation marks around things and people believe it's true. That's true. That's true. But no, all nothing, right, dude, nothing that's dramatic. That's all I had, honestly. Take oh. it easy. Oh, well, okay, Nick. Well, have a nice day then. Sorry, I, I should have made up a story. If that's all he had, I would have made up a story. No, Dave, uh, we got Ebo, we got Nelson. Ebo and Rowdy in the morning for over the line here in lacrosse. Yeah, Dave just wanted to do something else. Uh, so we wish him the best and whatever that is. Speaking of uh, listening in lacrosse and speaking of WKTY, one of Dave's uh, P1s, uh, one of the, the biggest listeners of KTY in lacrosse, Brett in lacrosse. Brett, what's going on? It's been a while. What's going on, Grant? How are you, man? I am swell. We're about to talk Packers. Did you sense that in the air? And that's why you've called? Uh, no, but that's interesting because mm. I have been waiting for message back from you uh, on Twitter for, I don't know, a week and a half now? Oh. Well, what did you... Okay, so this is your Twitter account. First of all, do you follow me? Okay, so you do. Well, you have zero followers and no tweets. I'm sorry I didn't see this. I got a lot of DMs. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. I did see this. Now now that I've opened your message, yes. I apologize for not responding, but I did see this, and now I I do see proof that you have a source in Green Bay. Thank you for this. Yeah, right? And then I just had had my brother just message me the other day, or us, our guys chat, and said, hey, guess who's on his way to to Pat O'Donnell's house? Mm, To install a TV? He works at at a TV shop, right? We talked about this in Green Bay. Uh, it's like all sorts of electronics, but yeah. Oh, I gotcha. Um, can I ask you about a Green Bay thing? And if you have no sourcing on this, we can just move on. I'll ask you another question, but I'm yeah. curious. So 
today, Elton Jenkins, or I guess 22 hours ago, Elton Jenkins tweeted, heard good reviews about Vintage Cantina just to find out the man behind the bar is racist. Thumbs down emoji. Do we know anything about the Vintage Cantina in Green Bay? Do we know any backstory to what, what he's talking about here? Like Vintage Brewery? I No, I guess the name of the restaurant is Vintage Cantina. Maybe it's connected to Vintage Brewery. Hold on, I'm Googling. Yeah, I think it's the same thing. Okay, well, either way, do you know know anything about it? I don't know anything about uh, any bartender there, no. But, Mm. I mean, it it depends upon how people come off, too. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you would think that Jenkins would, would understand if people are just being stupid or misspoke or whatever, so... Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, shoot, you could probably go anywhere in lacrosse and have a complaint if you want to. Hey, now you're probably, you're probably right though. I'm not, not saying that my city is racist, but I, th- I think you can go anywhere and have a bad experience at any time. I was just wondering if, cause it was a whole thing on Twitter today with Packers fans that Elton Jenkins went to this cantina and had some really bad experience. So you plugged into the city and the community of green Bay. I thought maybe you'd have some insight, but that's okay. That's oh. okay. Nope, not 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 as far as that. I don't know. I I could talk to my brother and see if he's going to go there tonight, and he, if he can start asking questions and just record some stuff. But you know, nothing, nothing that I'm aware of. All right. Well, let's talk about the Packers' defense, Brett. Can I can I pose to you a question? Because this is a question that I was going to ask everyone else today. So you can just be first yeah. to answer this question. So. Yeah. The Packers have invested all these things in the defense, right? Draft picks. Uh-huh. They've brought back guys. People forget they signed Jerron Reed, so an extra defensive tackle. Like, they've invested in the defense, right? And I yep. keep hearing from radio hosts and from writers, that, well, this defense, look out. They could be top five. You know, they could be top three. And at first, that sounds nice, but I'm at the point now, Brett, where I'm thinking, oh, no, they kind of need to be top five, right? They need to be They need to be that good. That needs to be the baseline, Right, so I'm wondering, in your opinion, and everyone who's listening, and all Packers fans, what is the bare minimum for the Packers' defense this season? What is the bar they need to clear for this team to be successful? Because I don't think it's just be top ten. I think this team needs to be this defense needs to be really, really good. And I'm wondering exactly what level they need to reach to for this team to to accomplish their goals. Do you have a thought on that? Um. Well, here's my thought. What did we end last year? We were. Almost top 10, weren't we? So here's the here's the tricky part with this question, but it also could be the fun part is it depends on what stat you use, right? If you're talking points allowed, yards allowed, DVOA, if you're talking about turnovers, right? There's lots of metrics to measure a defense. I don't right. know where they ended up. I will say about last year's defense, Brett, and this is important, they finished the year a lot stronger than they started, right? And they right. played really good into the playoffs. Maybe that's the most important thing. They need to be playing their best defense at the right time. Right. And I think, I think a big step is having alexander back and fully healthy yeah and now with his his team friendly one million dollar cap hit contract for the year um it it allows us to to go out and possibly get a veteran receiver as well but i just think if if we can improve upon last year but do it throughout the full season to where we are known for defense before we get halfway through rather than hey these guys are mediocre, but their offense is good. And then all of a sudden the defense steps up and then our offense dies. Yeah. Uh, I, I think if, if we can just improve overall and keep it consistent throughout the full year to where that's what they're talking about the whole year and not just the last couple of weeks when uh, we have, you know, a DB that gets two pick sixes in a row. Yeah. You know what's so, funny? You talk about Jay, you're coming back something I didn't think about. The Packers defense, even without Jair last year, was really good for stretches. But then they had a bad stretch, too. And I think some of that was bad luck. Um, but other times it was just really bad play, like guys couldn't execute. I think Jair coming back maybe doesn't make the defense better at the high end. Like, they don't get it. They, they don't become a way better defense, but they, they become more consistent, right? You don't have these peaks and well, valleys. They, maybe that's what Jair coming back does. Yeah. Well, you know, you know where that's going to head is... You go and we have Stokes, who's going to be a great second-year player this year. Yeah, makes his life And easier. you get Jair back, and then you don't have to worry about Kevin King being there. So you're you're basically replacing Kevin King with Stokes, and then you have Jair back where he's supposed to be, and you got two lockdown corners, and it's just going to be that much better rather than somebody being able to throw over top of our uh, quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. so I think it I mean, makes life, it makes life easier for, that... for Eric Stokes, makes life easier for, um, uh, why can't I remember his name? The pick six guy, Rasul Douglas, makes life easier for everyone else when yeah. Jair comes back, right? Okay. Right. 
Okay. Okay. So I, I think I think we're going to be well improved this year, and it's going to be a lot more consistent throughout the whole season rather than just a portion of it, um, which is something that, that we haven't had since 2014. Something like that. I think this is going to be their best defense in a while. Brett, I just realized how long we've been chatting, and this has been nice, but I have to move on. I have to take one more break before the end of the show. So it was nice yeah. to connect with you, my no friend. No worries. Yeah, you too. We'll talk soon. Yeah, have an awesome night. That's Brett and lacrosse. So we're just workshopping some of these talking points by Brett. If you have thoughts on this, give me a text or a call, 608-796-2558. How good does this Packers defense have to be? Right, Because I've seen a lot of people write and say, oh, they could be top five, they could be top three. I kind of think they might need to be top five. right? With their lack of wide receivers and maybe some question marks on the offensive line. I think they need to be really, really good. That's that's a necessity. That's not a high end. That's a, that's something we need. Let's talk about that as we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. Coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.